Hello, men. Welcome back to the Greedy Men Podcast. I'm John Riggs, your host. And uh, as always, I'm here to equip, encourage, and inspire God's men to live God's way for God's glory. Hey, guys, thank you so much for taking time to join in. And I would like to encourage you, if you would, do me a favor. And if you find any value in the, this podcast, would you uh, be willing to share these podcasts with some of your buddies? Uh, maybe you know someone that uh, these podcasts could really be an encouragement to. I know all of us men uh, need encouragement. So if you do find uh, that these are beneficial to you, would you send these out? Uh, would you like, subscribe, do those things, help us to get the word out to men across uh, this country? That is God's men living God's way for God's glory. Well, on this week's podcast, um, I want to address an issue that I have um, encountered here. Um, it seems like more and more these days. And that is the issue um, relating to men in regards to where they find themselves in their life. And you might be listening to this podcast today and uh, you say, well, John, I don't feel stuck right now in life. Everything is going perfectly fine and um, things are going just as they should. Um, if that is you, man, we are happy for you and glad to hear that. But if you live life long enough, um, you're going to find yourself at times feeling stuck in life. And uh, if I was to ask you guys right now, just a simple question. If you on a scale of 1 to 10 were to uh, write down how truly alive you currently feel in regards to where you are in life. I mean, do you feel 1 being like just existing or 10 would be like you are thriving in life. I mean, you feel completely alive. You are you are, you are, you're, you're actually just, it's a great place and time for you in life. That would be a 10. And so from one to 10, where do you find yourself uh, on this scale? Um, one of the tragedies that I have um, seen and noticed uh, about men, and you may have seen and noticed this too, is it's the tragedy of what dies in Christian men, and I would just say men in general, um, as they live. In other words, I know Christians, we are to die to self. Now, I'm not speaking about dying to our flesh and all of that. I'm speaking in regards to purpose. Like, do you feel really alive? And I would say that one of the tragedies of life is what dies in men as they live. And um, the reality is most men um, spend their entire lives never truly living. And one of the reasons for that is because we're caught up in a system that teaches us and develops us and um, that we um, go along with that really tells you that your goal in life is to die comfortably. So you spend your whole life in preparation for the way in which you will die. In other words, you want to have all of your assets in place. You know, you want your financials to be in order. Um, you know, you want the house paid for and, and you want everything just right so that when you get to be an old man, I mean, you can die in comfort. And the reality is for most men that are pursuing this, they truly feel very little in regards to being fully alive. And that may be where you are today. So you may be feeling stuck, and the reality is it doesn't matter what season of life you're in, you can find yourself in this place. Now, one of the early church fathers, a man by the name of Irenaeus, said this, The glory of God is man fully alive, uh, but the life of man is the vision of God. And 
the reality is it, it is glorious to God for men to be fully alive. And I realize that our society and our culture um, is not geared for men to be living lives that are fully alive. In fact, fully alive men are really dangerous men. Um, and our culture and the society in which we live in uh, would rather have you somewhat um, under wraps. You know, uh, they don't want that to be a reality for most men. And so domestication is something that I think has really been very, very, very um, bad for manhood and for men in general. We're far too domesticated today. There's too much ease. There's too much comfort. And, um, you know, just one thing that you're probably going to hear me talk about from time to time, that is going to be um, an animal that I find very intriguing. I love to hunt. I love the outdoors. I love to big game hunt. I don't care if it's bears. I don't care if it's elk, deer. Makes no difference. I love the pursuit of the hunt. I love uh, to harvest game, to eat game. Um, I, I find the whole thing absolutely um, life-giving to me. Um, but I've never actually been to Africa. I'd like to go one day, and I would like to see um, the king of all beasts, the lion. I would like to see the lion in the wild. I have seen lions, like probably many of you have, in the zoo. And behind the wire and glass, um, you can view these incredible animals. But something that I was intrigued by was, um, number one, the roar of lions in captivity. In comparison to the roar of a lion in the wild, they say that a roar... Uh, of a wild lion can be heard for up to five miles and I have heard lions roar in domestication and they don't sound anything like that in fact their roar is very weak it's very it's very dead like and there's a reason for that the other thing that I did notice and for you guys that have done this as well you know, as you're looking through the glass and you watch one of these incredible animals walk up next to the glass, you notice there's something really missing in the eye of this animal. In fact, the eye is really a picture into the soul, if you will, or the very being of that animal. And you, you can see such a deadness in the eyes of this incredible animal that God created uh, to be wild and to be free and created it to bring glory to the Creator by the way in which it fulfilled its design and purpose upon the earth. And the reality is, guys, lions in captivity are not fulfilling their destined purpose nor bringing glory to the God that created them um, because they are not fulfilling their purpose. And I really feel like that's kind of the way society has geared things to be for us men. They would rather us be behind wire and glass, so to speak, somewhat domesticated, um, somewhat um, tarnished in their purpose and uh, fulfilling the God-given role and destiny that brings glory to the God that created them. In fact, um, you know, lions in the wild um, are an ultimate predator. Um, they're an incredible, incredible species. And the lion itself, um, it has size, it has power, it has a significant amount of speed for short distance, and um, great intelligence as they work together to, to kill game just to survive. And, and a lot of the game they kill are very large in size. And so what an incredible, powerful animal that a lion is. But lions also have a 
area of land that they roam and they rule over. They have a domain that they rule over. In fact, a male lion um, will actually walk the boundaries of the, the land that he has as his ownership and his rulership. He walks the boundaries, he marks the territory of his boundaries, and he is looking for intruders that he needs to ward off uh, from coming in and taking over his domain. And the other thing a male lion will have, especially one of those in that uh, season of life that is ruling and reigning, so to speak, he's going to have a pride or a family that he defends, that he protects, and uh, that he also um, continues to grow and spread his genetics through. And so, you know, this animal, it kills to survive, and it chases down, and it, it kills its prey. It has all of this incredible purpose, but when you see this male lion in captivity, he's being fed by one of the uh, individuals working there in the zoo. He doesn't have to chase his prey. He's bored with where he's at and what he's doing. He has no domain that he has to protect. He has no pride that he has to watch over, and, and um, he, has, he has no purpose just to be looked at. That's all it is. And maybe that's where you find yourself today. You feel like you're at a place in your life where you've lost your purpose, and the reality is you feel just stuck in life. Well, I want to encourage you today on this podcast um, to maybe consider where you are currently in your life. And the reality is, guys, it may be time for you to make a change in your life. If this is how you're feeling, it might be time for a change. And as we begin this, I want to just give you a few reasons that you might be feeling stuck. Number one, this system that we have, that we are part of, um, the reality is, guys, um, we're called to be men who are actively pursuing and fulfilling the destiny and the purpose of God in our life. And that is we are to be living and bringing glory to the God in whom we belong and we love and we serve. We serve and work for the king and we work and serve for the kingdom. And we realize we have a very vast and important purpose here on earth. Not only are we watching over our domain, so to speak, and we have a family that we are to protect and to provide for and children that we are to instruct and protect and provide. We have all of these incredible things. But on top of that, we are called to be men in, of action, men in the arena. We are those risk takers, those guys that are, are, are challenging themselves, not ones who are living vicariously through others. If, if this is you, you find yourself on your cell phone, and I've been here myself, and I, I find myself here from time to time, and you're just scrolling through YouTube looking for guys that are going on these incredible hunts, or they're doing great feats like they're climbing and summiting these incredible mountains like Everest and other ones. I mean, these guys are on adventure and, and, and they're, they're doing incredible things like hard things, difficult things. I mean, even just physically for their body, they're, they're just beating their body and they're building their body and they're doing difficult things. Do you find yourself living vicariously through other men saying to yourself all the while, I wish I could do X, Y, or Z? Well, I want to be the man that encourages you to start doing those things. Be that man. 
You say, John, how am I going to do that? Well, start small, but start and begin today. You don't have to be in another country climbing Mount Everest to begin to be able to live and start doing things that are, that are bringing glory to God and they're fulfilling you as a man. Um, that may be a goal you might want to set for yourself. Maybe you would like to summit Mount Everest and you'd like to climb 29,029 feet. Uh, maybe that's a goal that you might set. Hey, that's incredible. I encourage you to do that. Um, or, or maybe you're setting yourself a financial goal or, or maybe you do want to go on a backcountry elk hunt this year and you said, you know what, I've been thinking about doing this for a long time. My kids are grown now or I'm in a season in life where, you know what, I'm looking for something to do and I'm going to set that goal and by golly, this fall, I'm going to buy me an over-the-counter elk tag and I'm going to go and try to kill me a bull elk and I'm going to pursue him and I'm going to do all it takes and prep and I'm going to just enjoy this pursuit. I want to encourage you to do that, guys. I want to encourage you not to be men who are sitting on the sidelines, living vicariously through other men, because God did not save you and redeem you to be one who sits in the stands. He's given you life to use for his glory and for his purpose. And one thing that will bring glory to God is a man who is living his life fully alive for the glory of God, because you're you provide so much more for the kingdom, for your family, for your marriage, for your kids, for your occupation, whatever it is. You, you bring so much more to the table when you're fully alive. And so I want to encourage you to do that. The reality is you and I were not made for zoo living. That's the truth. But our society has really hemmed you in and said, this is what you are going to do. You know, it's okay to tell somebody no. We're not going to do this anymore. I'm going to choose to live my life the way that I am choosing to live my life. And I'm not going to succumb to the norms of society any longer. I'm ready to get out of this rut and get unstuck and move forward and do something that will bring life to me and will bring glory to my God in whom I love and serve. The reality is there's a big difference between being a man in the arena and being a man in the zoo of this society. In fact, one is deadness, that's the zoo living, and the other one is what brings life, and that is men who find themselves in the arena, those men whose face are marred by dust and sweat and blood, those men who strive valiantly, who err, who come short again and again, for there is no, there is no effort without error and shortcoming. I mean, the one who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, the man who gives himself to a worthy cause, who if at best succeeds, he knows the triumph of high achievement. And at worst, if he fails, at least he fails daring greatly. Why? So that his place shall never be among those cold and timid souls who knows neither victory nor defeat. That's an incredible quote by Theodore Roosevelt. It is called the man in the arena. And God has called us to be men in the arena. But unfortunately, many of us have settled for zoo living. And one was created for you by God, and the other was created for you by the society in which we live in. And God desires that we be men fully alive. No question about that. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, where are you? Are you fully alive? Are you partly alive? Are you dead? Where are you feeling? Where are you at? Um, the reality is your family will benefit so much more from you if you 
are fully alive, you will bring way more, uh, not only to their lives, but to the lives of people around you. So let me give you a few reasons here also why you might be feeling stuck and um, it's time for a change. And I'm going to encourage you to do some things that require um, yourself to feel a little bit um, at risk, okay? Um, there is no, there's no reward without risk. So I want to encourage you to be a risky man, to be a risk taker, okay? In regards to the arena, I've thought about this a lot. A few years ago, I went to Rome and uh, one of the things, of course, that, we t that I went to and wanted to go to on this tour that we went over to, uh, me and another couple, my wife and I and another couple went to in Rome, was I wanted to see the Colosseum. And the Colosseum is an incredible feat of architecture, um, and it's, it's an amazing to take a tour and see not only the underpinnings of this incredible um, stadium, but just the overall... Um, understanding of not only what it took to build, but how many it seated. And the Roman Colosseum would seat 50,000 spectators. And so the Roman emperors came up with this idea. You have Vespasian and a lot of these other ones that what they would do to control the population was two primary feats. And they were, they perfected this. In order to keep the people under control, here's what they did. Number one, they kept them well-fed, well-fed. And number two, they learned that they must keep them well-entertained. And I tell you what, our society and our culture has got this perfected. And 50,000 people would gather into this Colosseum, and they came to watch these men called the gladiators. And the gladiators were incredible warriors, and many of them became heroes in Rome. But they were also men who would fight beast and man, oftentimes to the death. And so I want to encourage you to, to be the gladiator kind of man. Not the men who sat in an arena seat and you're cheering and living vicariously through another warrior. I want to encourage you to be a warrior uh, the man that God has created, has redeemed you to be, to be, to be that man. I want to really, really encourage you uh, to, to step out into this. And so here's one reason you probably are feeling a little bit stuck is because you're paralyzed by the fear of failure, okay? Um, some of you uh, are really, really, really stuck right now because in your mind, your question is this. If I move out and I take a risk and I do this, even though I know I would feel totally alive and passionate about this, um, it's risky, I might fail, okay? Here's the truth about failure. The only failure would be if you did nothing because the reality is you are never gonna fail in the term of failure, if you're pursuing and striving and trying, because only men who do nothing fail. Those men who pursue and strive and do and risk and try, they are the men who conquered this country. They are men who, who have uh, who have sailed the seas and conquered the world, and those are the men who did it. Why? Because we're constantly learning. We're gaining all kinds of experience. And there is no such thing 
as failure when you're moving forward and striving and attempting to do something. In fact, you've been told and lied to that if you attempt something and are unsuccessful in your mind or according to the success of those in view around you, that you failed. That is not true. That is absolutely a lie, and it's a lie that will keep you stuck right where you are. I want to encourage you as God's man to step out and to risk, because when you risk, you will experience life. You will experience life. And one reason you can move forward in this with confidence is if you understand your identity is not wrapped up in the opinions of this world or measured by the stature of the success of this world. But if you understand that your identity is found in the God of all creation, that you are in Christ, you belong to the King of glory, the one who rules on high, the one who created everything. Listen, man, you cannot fail. You can't. It's impossible. Because you are victorious in Christ. And I don't want you to forget that. You've been lied to. And maybe it's something you hear from a childhood experience. Or maybe a coach. Or maybe a teacher. Or maybe a parent. Or grandparent. Or maybe it was a peer. Something is stuck in your mind that you are scared to death. That if you do something to bring change that's outside the norm. That it's going to be failure and you're going to be, it's going to be the worst thing you've ever done in your life. The reality is that is a lie. That's not true. So number one, you're paralyzed by fear of failure. But let me tell you what the opposite of fear is. I'll tell you what it is. You already know what it is, man. It's faith. And God did not give you a spirit of fear, but he gave you the spirit of love of power and of what? Self-control, self-discipline. He didn't give you a spirit of fear. So I don't want you to be fearful and be stuck in fear because that's where the enemy would like to keep you. And I hate to tell you this, that's where our society likes men to be, in the bounds of safety behind wire and glass. And so, men, I want to encourage you, if that's where you are, don't let that keep you stuck any longer. Step out on faith and realize that you are not a failure, that you're created and you are designed to risk. That's how God has made you. How incredible is that to think about and to know? Number two, here's another reason you might be today stuck somewhere and you're ready to move out. You want to move out, but you just can't because if you're like me, sometimes I find myself here. I'm waiting for the perfect situation before I make the move. And so you're stuck and you're paralyzed where you are because in your mind, you're waiting for this perfect scenario. Let me tell you when the perfect scenario is going to come. Guess when it's going to come? Never. Because there's never a perfect scenario that's going to remove absolutely all risk from this move or this change. It's impossible. So listen. If you're waiting for everything, the stars to align perfectly, you know, for everything to be just right, if you're waiting for that moment before you get out of being stuck where you are, guess what, guys? You're always going to stay where you are because really what's keeping you there is not the perfect situation you're waiting on, but it is the fear of the unknown. It's the fear of the unknown, and it's the safety and security of the non-risk place where you're at currently 
Here's the third one I want you to think about. This might describe one of you men listening today. You're worried that you'll make the wrong decision. Now, I've talked to several men here lately, and one of the reoccurring themes that has come up in our conversation is they are so concerned, and I'm speaking about godly men here, okay? Obviously, this podcast is geared for godly men, men who love God, men who want to live for God, men who are striving to be God's man in this time. I know that this is a reality or you would not be watching this podcast because this podcast is different in the fact that what we are about here is equipping men to be godly men. And you wouldn't be here if you weren't desiring to be a godly man. So you may be in a situation that you're so worried that you're going to make the wrong decision and you're going to be outside the will of God in your life. Well, let me give you some encouragement, okay? If your desire is to please the Lord, if your desire is to be in the will of God and you want to serve him and to follow him and to please him, let me tell you this, right? Write this down. I know you're probably driving or you're at work and you can't. Mark this in your mind. Any man of God who is striving to be in the will of God will never miss the will of God. Why is that? Because God knows your heart and God will not, he will not let you miss his will. Isn't that incredible to know that? God wants you to do his will. He's not hiding it from you. In fact, you can move forward in faith knowing and understanding your desire is to please your Father in heaven and to serve your King, the Lord Jesus Christ. He already knows that. And you're not that powerful that you could mess this thing up. Why? Because God is sovereign. And what does He do? He will open and He will close and He will come. He will, he will put you at a bypass. He will do all of these incredible things to ensure that you stay within His will because that's your desire. And your desire is to do the will of the Lord. So guys, you can write that one off if you're concerned about missing the will of God. If your desire is to please God and to follow Him and to do His will, He will not let you miss it. So stop worrying about that and believing that lie that you're going to miss the will of God. Let me give you a fourth one here real quick, okay? The fourth reason is, is you possibly are stuck and unable to move forward because you're seeking permission and approval of this decision from others in your sphere of influence or those that are closest to you in your life. All right, let me give you a little bit of some encouragement and some, um, some practical experience from my own life in this area. It is good, the Bible says, to seek godly counsel. And so um, we want to apply that truth to our, our lives. And I do seek godly counsel at times when I'm getting ready to make a change, maybe a big life move or an occupation change or maybe it's something in business or whatever it would be. Um, I, would, I would seek that and I would not make these decisions without my wife and I discussing these things together. Why is that? Because she and I are, are we are a unit. Um, my wife and I, where I go, she goes. What I do affects her. And if you have young kids, um, you, you're thinking through this together as a couple. Obviously, um, 
major moves can affect your children, right? And it's happened in my own life where my wife and I and family have uprooted and we've moved uh, during seasons of life when my kids were younger and in school. And so there were all of those elements that we weighed. And, and, and so I would encourage you to seek godly counsel, not permission. There is a difference. What you're basically doing when you seek permission is you want someone else to own and be responsible for your decision because they are the ones who told you to move forward. In other words, you're seeking for them to tell you, basically, give you permission to do that. Listen, that's not what we do as men. What we do is we seek godly wisdom and godly counsel. We take all of that, we, we lay it all out, and then we make a decision based on what we, as a man, believe would be the best choice and decision, not only for ourselves, but together with our wives, and then also in conjunction with our family. And so I'm not looking for the approval of other people, because let me tell you this, sometimes people would lack in approval because they don't want you to leave. <laughs> they want you to stay, man. Or maybe they might lack an approval because they think what you're going to be doing might be considered a little crazy. Or maybe they can't quite make it make sense in their own mind. But really, guys, you don't need approval from others. But what you do need to do is just seek godly counsel. And the Holy Spirit of God can help you in making these decisions. Once you make a decision, move forward, right? So don't be stuck where you are because you're simply waiting on permission from others. Because if you're seeking that from family members and some great friends, although they might really, really love you, um, obviously they do, they, they may not give you the permission slip that you're looking for, okay? And there's reasons for that. So God may move you to do something that makes no sense at all. <laughs> and that's happened in my life. I've done some of those things. And they didn't make sense to anybody else, but I knew that's what God would have me do. So I, I went ahead and moved forward with that. For example, let me just share this. A few years ago, and I've done a lot of crazy little, little things. I've done a, a bunch of those things. Um, a few years ago, um, it was election year, and it uh, was election year with Trump and Clinton and all that was going on that year. But um, I, I was just seeking the Lord on what we might be able to do and how we could make a difference. And I was really, for me as a pastor, thinking more about the church. And so we did a 40-day ride for revival. Um, now, do I believe there's going to be a sweeping revival that resets this country? No, I do not believe that. In fact, I cannot find in scripture anywhere in the last days where there's going to be a sweeping revival. Do I think it's God's will for God's people to be renewed in their spirit and in their commitment to love, honor, and serve him in this day? Absolutely, I do. But if you're asking me if the Bible shows us that there's going to be a, a, a sweeping revival in the last days. Um, I don't see it. In fact, I see Jesus and his apostles teaching us exactly the opposite in relation to what it's going to be like on the earth when Jesus comes back, okay? So in regards to that, I know the church needs renewal and needs revival. This, the people of God do need that. So we did the 40-day ride from Texas to Washington, D.C., and on that ride, I would be riding horseback along the highways from Texas all the way into Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, D.C. We would do this in 40 days, and then I would preach. 
I guess I only ended up preaching 36 of the 40 days in different churches across the country. Now, when I shared that vision uh, with some people, they thought I was an absolute buffoon and idiot. I mean, who's going to ride a horse from Texas to Washington, D.C., number one, and who's going to be crazy enough to ride one down the side of the highway, number two? And then number three, you know, what is the purpose in it and what will be the outcome? Well, some of those things I can't tell you. Uh, was there risk involved? Absolutely. And outside of God's divine providential hand of protection, I wouldn't be sitting here in front of you. That's a factual guarantee, and that's a story for another day. But I don't understand everything that God did during that ride, although we saw God really move in many people's lives. The reality is I was simply just being obedient to what I felt in my own heart and life, God directing me to do, um, and so I did it. Now, that's an example. If I would have waited for permission from others to do this, I can promise you I never would have completed that, let alone even started that mission. Wouldn't have happened. Okay? So, guys, do not let that be a reason that you stay stuck where you are. Do you know how exciting it is to think that you might be at um, a point where God is getting ready to, to actually move you? Man, this is exciting. Or, or take you into a new season? or turn the page in the chapter of your life. Ah, it's exciting, man. That stuff makes me just, ah, just jams me up, man. Okay, number five. Here's another reason. I kind of briefly talked about this. Here's another reason, men, you are either feeling stuck possibly or you will face in the future. Number five is this. You have settled for comfort and ease. Now, this is a real risk. That is something you and I have to guard ourselves against. Let me say this. You can become very comfortable and you can be in a very easy place and that can keep you stuck because there's no risk and you, you've pretty much got this deal down. Well, it might be time for a change. You need risk in your life, man. I'm going to tell you this straight up. You need risk, and you need some adventure, and you need to stop the domestication in your life. You need to do hard things, difficult things. Why? Because the days we're living in and these days that are coming quickly upon us, and I'm telling you straight up, man, look at me when I tell you this. It is going to be some day. There are going to be some days coming that are going to be very difficult days. So you better start doing some hard things now because hard things are on the way. And those men that have settled in to comfort and ease, they are not going to be willing to do the difficult things required of us as God's men to live God's way, bringing God glory in the days that are coming. So that may be a reason. In fact, I would say this. If you are comfortable and you're living in ease, I'm going to challenge you to do something really, really risky and really, really hard. That's my challenge to you. I'm doing that right now in my own life. I've been pastoring now for, what, 20 years? Um. You get in the groove of it. You do it. Um, you know, you, 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 you become proficient at what you do. And you can just, it can just become 
routine. I can do. No, let me tell you something. I've got to have things in my life that are hard for me to do. I've got to set goals. I've got to get myself out of comfort and I've got to do hard things because I feel so alive when I'm doing those challenging things in my life. So I'm going to encourage, I'm going to encourage you and I'm going to challenge you, man. Do hard things, man. Do some hard things. All right. Number six, this is this is um, one we've already discussed, so I'm not going to repeat it because I've combined two together, and that is you're concerned about missing God's will. If your desire is to know his will, do his will, you're not going to miss his will. So here's what I want you to think about, okay? I want you to, to, to write down or remember this when you get home to read 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 8, okay? Now, this is what is waiting for us. This is guaranteed to happen. This is our identity. This is our hope. This is where we find the boldness and the courage and the veracity in life to do challenging, hard, difficult, thriving things. This is where it comes from. Listen to this. Here we go. This will encourage you guys. Here we go. Blessed, blessed be the God that is our God and our Father the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy. You're an object of His mercy, man. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. An inheritance that is imperishable. It's never going to disappear. It's never going to be lost. It's imperishable. It is undefiled. It will never be tarnished by any type of contaminant or sin, anything. And unfading. It's everlasting. It's going to last forever. You have an inheritance that is coming and it is a result of God's mercy in salvation and new life for you in Christ. You are his. You are a child of God. He has promised you this incredible inheritance, that inheritance of what it means to be a child of God, being in Christ. This is what's coming for you. And notice it is not only imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, but it is kept for you in heaven. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. You got nothing to lose, man, because what is coming for you is being kept. It is being held on to. It is waiting for you. And who is keeping it for you? God himself is keeping watch over what he has waiting for you. You can't lose it, man. There is no losing for the Christian man. That's why I'm telling you, stop Staying stuck in, in this complacency in life. Living like a dead man. No zeal. No passion. No excitement. No adventure. No challenge. No reward. Man, I want to encourage you men to get in the arena, man. And start to live for the absolute glory of our God and our King. Live for His glory. Live like men who belong to the king. And here's such an incredible truth. Your promised inheritance, this gift, this incredible salvation and all that will come with it, it is being kept 
by God's power. And it is being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, Peter says, you rejoice. The reason you're stuck is because you don't remember who you belong to. You don't remember the fact that God tells you, you cannot lose, man. There's no losing for the reward of what we are all living and striving for is being kept in heaven by God's power and is being guarded for you. You can't lose, man. So start living like you can't lose. And those men who live that way live life full, all for God's glory. Don't you know it brings glory to God? Stop living like a man in a zoo and start living like a man in the arena created by God for greatness and for purpose and for glory that to be brought to Him by the way in which we live our lives. Oh, this is good stuff. I'm getting encouraged just by listening to it or by teaching it. All right. Now, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary... You have been grieved by various trials. Hey, we may have some along the way. Big deal. We win. Nothing's going to keep that from me. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found in a result of what? In praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Christ Jesus. Listen, the reason we need to do hard things because it tests our faith. The reason we need to do things outside our comfort zone and when God leads and directs us and calls us forward to live lives that bring glory to God, our faith will be tested. Things that are difficult are testing our faith, but they're testing the genuineness of our faith and the genuineness of our faith will be what? To the praise and glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ when he is revealed. This is incredible, guys. So I want to encourage you right now, if you are stuck, you need to change your mindset and, and realize that if one of these five things, you're paralyzed by fear of failure, you're waiting for the perfect situation before you move, you're worried that you'll make the wrong decision or miss the will of God, you're seeking permission or approval from others, you've settled for comfort. <coughs> Excuse me, and ease. I want to encourage you, man, to realize that what you have before you is not that you're stuck. You're simply at a crossroads, man. And your crossroads is this. You either stay here or you simply move forward. And what's waiting for you is adventure. It is testing. It is challenge. It is risk. But let me tell you what it will be. It will be living, man. That's all that is waiting for you is truly living and feeling alive as a man. So get out from behind the wire and the glass of all the excuses and all of the self-society-made obstacles and, 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 and zoo pen that they put you in. And let me just tell you something. Leave that behind and fulfill the purpose and design of the God who created you and redeemed you to bring glory, honor, and praise to his mighty name. Here's a verse for you today, guys. 
Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him or acknowledge him. And God promises that he will direct your paths. Isn't that incredible? Let me give you another one. <laughs> Psalm 37, 23. This is a good one. The steps of a man are established by the Lord. When? Here's the deal. When he delights in his way. Do you see this? God will direct your life. Every one of you men, he'll direct your steps. If your delight is in the way of God, he will direct your steps. Okay? How does God do this? He directs our lives through movement in faith. If you're stuck, God's not directing your life because you can't direct something that is stuck, that is not moving, that is in park. You can't do it in your own life. God directs moving things. He directs them. Does God stop things? Yes, he can. But he doesn't leave it stopped. And here's the point. God will direct you as you as a man pursuing the will of God, simply in faith, understanding you don't know what goes ahead or lies ahead, but you know God goes before you. And God, listen, he's about building your faith. He's about testing the genuineness of your faith for you, for you to know, so you can be so built up in faith and grow and mature in your faith. God is doing this, and it's a gift from God. But you got to risk and you got to step out and you got to trust God if you're going to have your faith built up for his glory and for your for your betterment. And so I want to encourage you today, guys, if you're feeling stuck, you don't need to stay there. You now can begin to move forward. I'm just going to say this. Get moving, man. Just get moving. I need for you to do this. Choose faith over fear. Faith over fear, for fear is the opposite of faith. Do not be frozen where you are simply by fear. Listen, you have nothing to fear. Why? Because you belong to God, and God directs the steps of those who desire to what? Follow and to know Him. That is a true reality. Here's another thing. Change your stuck mindset from I'm stuck, I can't do anything about this, to I'm simply at a crossroads and now I have an opportunity before me. It's an opportunity, guys. It's not bad. It's good. It's an opportunity not to stay stuck, but to move forward. Create movement. You got to create movement, number three. And finally, number four, stop with the excuses like this. Oh, I'll do it when. I'm waiting for X, Y, and Z. If only I had blank, blank, and blank. When I have more money, when my kids grow up and leave the house, when I have more time and all of these excuses, stop with the excuses, for excuses will keep you right where you are stuck. And you know what, men? I'm going to encourage you. 
to live your life for the glory of God. And like the lion, he created you to be free. For Jesus Christ said, he who the Son sets free, he is free indeed. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life abundantly. And I want to encourage you to live to the full glory of God by being men who fulfill the purpose of God in your life by being fully alive, fully alert, fully living for the glory of God, enjoying every single moment of life. If you find yourself stuck in life, do some of these things. Apply these things to your life. And guys, I would love to hear from you. On the link below, click on that. You can reach me, contact me, share this with somebody that you know could use this. God bless you guys. And um, we're going to wrap up for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this has been an encouragement to you. And I just want to encourage you to trust in the Lord with all of your mind, soul, and strength. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, know him, and he will direct your path. Guaranteed, because he said it, he will do it. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next time. Stay gritty. Stay gritty.